everyone. Welcome to the Michigan Beer Pursuit Podcast. I am Chris, and I'm here with Justin. What's up? And you are joining us for episode 13. Lucky number 13. Um, We are fresh off our Handmap Brewery uh, interview, um, which if you missed that, pause this, go back, listen to the Handmap one. Do it. Um, Because not only is it an awesome interview, but we want you guys to know everything there is to know about this place and go visit. I don't care if you're sitting there listening to the podcast and drinking their beers. That's probably the best option. That Um, really is, yeah. But awesome interview. Chris and Jenner, absolutely awesome hosts and and, uh, were super nice with us and and chatted with us talking about, you know, the different beers and stuff. What was your favorite beer at the uh, at the brewery once we once we wrapped and got belly up at the bar? Ooh, so that that one that one's tough because they were all absolutely fantastic. But I think the one that I keep thinking about is the train stop pale ale. Yeah. I'm actually gonna drink one of those tonight. I have I bought two four packs. Um I got the uh I got the stout and stuff. And then okay. I got the train stop uh pale ale. Yeah. And those are the only two they had in cans because I'm not we're not lying when we say this place is absolutely insanely good. It is. Um, Every beer I had was like I, I would drink a beer. And I'm like, this might be the best beer I've ever had. And then I try the next beer and I go, no, this might be the best beer I've ever had. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, like I'm already planning trips like with like my coworkers where I'm like, oh, we'll go out there. My pregnant girlfriend's going to be their DD. We're going to go party at <laughs> yeah. Ham Up because I can't. You know, you I can tell you how good this stuff was, but I can't. Uh, unless you drink it. Yeah. You know, the truth is in the uh, truth is in the brew, but Otis. Their barrel age saison. I swear wow. to God, brought a tear to my eye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it actually did. I, I was there. It. I saw it. It <laughs> was just that good. Um, where I wanted another one, but I knew I had to try a bunch of the other ones. So we tried the Toucan Double IPA, which is kind of like their, I guess, quote unquote, flagship beer coming out of there, just because they use so many uh, or so much uh, Fruit Loops in the mash. Yeah, yeah. Cereal City, Battle Creek. Um, so it makes sense train stop and then rye of sunshine i think made a huge impact as well yeah yeah absolutely and that's like their main one that's what he said like it's just yeah that was like his like their staple g yeah um but it influenced me enough to want to make my own rye ipa so i did that this past weekend so we'll get to that more in the keyser report so um hand matte brewing honestly arguably one of the best breweries in Michigan. So if you've not been there yet, stop delaying, get out there and check them out. Do it now. Um, all right. Random question of the day. What fictional place would you like to visit the most? You know, I, I think if, if I'm looking like geographically or just like the world, you know, like the, the elements of the world, the, the, I guess the, the lifestyle, of the fictional place, um, I would want to say, like, I guess geographically wise, I'd probably say maybe, oh man, this is tough. Say like Lord of the Rings, maybe, you know, cause Ooh, it's just so big, that's vast, wild, man. open, beautiful. How long do you think you'd like live and survive Dude, in Lord like of the three Rings days? Time? Probably <laughs> like I, I would just find someone and someone just come by and just like pick me off with an arrow or something. Yeah. And, I'm going to make uh, you mad with this one. But are you ready for mine? Oh God, I know what it is. Dude, Harry Potter all day. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna say Harry Potter, and that's why I was thinking, like, are we, are we talking just about like, like a fictional place, like 
you want to go to like a mountain range or you know yeah, like even from, if i just had to pick like hogwarts boom <laughs> yeah there you go and uh, magic and you're already living in that world my uh my other option was just purely off of if i could live in any world i'd pick pokemon oh okay and uh but you know i was thinking of like a place like a geographical like where i want you know that's why i thought like lord of the rings was so beautiful and so epic and vast with all the elves and all that stuff but if i, I had to pick say, just, just go to new zealand to in. i in that's exactly it. I was like, <laughs> that's not that far off because it was filmed there and yeah. so <laughs> i mean it's actual real here, place new dude. zealand yeah new zealand is almost fictional for us here yeah i know <laughs> i know we need to go out there um all right so moving on from that uh i have a quick fix from last week's new brews so um I had said that Aberrant had a new beer release called With Her. And I'm not incorrect saying it's not a new beer for Aberrant. But I feel like that beer needs a better background than just, hey, Aberrant has a new beer called With Her. And so I apologize for anybody who's had this beer that I did not do it better justice. So it's a (laughs) lavender lemon blonde with Simcoe hops. And so it's a beer brewed um, from a recipe. Uh, made by Claire Suddeth. So she works for Eastern Market and for No Project now. But she had worked with Aberrant before, uh, Aberrant Ales and Howell, and she graduated from the uh, Schoolcraft with the Brewing and Distilling Certificate. So after Schoolcraft, she went and worked for Aberrant. Now she works for Eastern Market in Ferndale and created this beer recipe. Um, and it also worked with Fermenta, um, which is a nonprofit organization and a trade group for women in the fermentation craft beverage industry. And so it's all about, it's all about women making, uh, the world more equal place and a safer world for all women. And I felt like a beer with that power, (laughs) power should have had more, uh, substance other than just saying, Hey, there's a new beer or whatever. So, um, check that out. www.withher.beer. And you can actually see the, see the recipe. She encourages everyone to like go brew it. Um, and more background, you know, more links to, uh, to um, Fermenta and stuff like that. So definitely a really cool beer with a really cool story. So I felt like it had needed more due diligence um, or more airtime than just, hey, a new brew. Yeah, that's a good call. You know, this is, this is very important. Especially beers. Like beers are great. New beers are awesome. But when you have a beer with a, like a background – and Easter yeah. Market is really good at that. Like a lot of their beers have a lot of like charitable organizations behind them. Yeah, and that's um, so cool. That uh, that'll make sure I'm doing better at getting those stories out for some of these new beers and stuff. So, um, Big Brew Day to 2021 is coming yeah, up. Yeah, so excited. Uh, so it's always the first of May. It's always May first. Um, and in 1988, May 7th was was announced before Congress. Uh, as National Homebrew Day. And so American Homebrewers Association created Big Brew as an annual event to celebrate that. Um, and so far, Big Brew Day 2021, which is on May 1st, has 1,001 participants and still growing. So that was as of last night. Uh, we're set to brew 6,700 gallons of beer. Jeez. Out of 54 states and territories and 39 different countries. Let's go. That's going to be so awesome. And so there's two of them this year you can choose from, or do both, I guess. Um, and Stargazer Double IPA is the first one. So that's a 7% hazy double IPA made with German Polaris hops and Zamba hops. And then Janet's Brown, uh, which I think you're doing, right? Yeah, I'm going to do Janet's Brown. 
Nice. So that's a 7.4% brown ale, um, and it's actually a gold win- a gold medal winning recipe from Mike McDole back in uh, 04. Yeah, and you and might so know him he, as Tasty. He's a legend yeah. in the, the brewing world. And so he had won uh, the gold medal back then, and then John Palmer used his book um, or his recipe in his book, Brewing Classic Styles. And so then McDole won again in 2009 uh, once he updated the recipe and he, he made it an imperial brown. That's um, so it's awesome. It's made using northern brewer hops, centennial hops, and cascade hops. So, I'm so um, excited. Beer's so, be yeah, so we're getting together on May 1st. We're going to. We're going to do a co-brew. You're going to do Janet's Brown. My brother's going to do Stargazer. Yep. And uh, I'm going to do my own version of Stargazer as well. Heck yeah. So that'll be sweet. So excited for that. We'll post. We'll definitely post about that for everyone to check out. All right. So new brews. We got 27 new beers. And when I started, I was like, oh, man, they're like I got through maybe like 10 or 15 breweries where they didn't have any thing new come out and i'm like oh shit am i gonna have anything for this and then all of a sudden it just started snowballing and we got to 27 <laughs> real quick so <laughs> nice um so we'll start with ascension out in uh out in novi they have four new beers first one is rye barrel age gorilla juice so basically a variant on their original brew uh gorilla juice so it's an imperial stout this is at a 17.2 percent you Dang. heard that correctly 17 um, holy crap. so it's aged it's aged 10 months in Templeton Rye single barrels, fourteen year it's Templeton Rye single barrel, and it's uh, it's aged with whole vanilla beans and a special special selection of uh, roost roast coffee from Ann Arbor. Nice. So okay. this one sounds pretty Keeping wild. I don't think I've ever had a seventeen point two percent beer, but <laughs> yeah, I'm down You're to like try. wine at that point. That sounds mm-hmm. awesome. Um, Astral Horizon is a double dry hopped, double New England IPA at 8.2%, brewed with mosaic, cashmere, and Nelson Sauvin hops. They have Reclassified, which is, again, another double dry hopped, double New England IPA at 8.5%, and this one's brewed with all citra hops and honey. Ooh, yeah. They have um, another thick anti-seltzer. This one's called Yardy Party, which is a sweet name. <laughs> yeah. And this one's made with pineapple, orange, ginger, and turmeric. Which actually sounds like the kind of smoothies I get from Tropical Smoothie, so I'm going to destroy this <laughs> if I get any that. of that. Um, Bad Brewing has a new beer, um, which I love the name. It's called And That's How You Get Ants. And so it's a play on um, <laughs> something Archer, uh, Archer's mom said, the Archer uh, cartoon show. Okay. Um, I guess his mom had said that or something in one of the episodes. And so they use this as the name, but it's, it's actually a really <laughs> sweet beer. So listen to this. It's, it's a lager and it's brewed with glazed donuts, like specially made from groovy donuts out in uh, the East Lansing area. Whoa. Uh, they have, uh, and then it's aged on maple syrup, vanilla, and then whole bean coffee from this five one seven coffee company. Yeah. So it's like a double, yeah. it's like a triple collab. beer. Yep. So I take the day off of work and just hit it now. Yeah, it's not a bad <laughs> idea. I wish they would sell it at like Groovy Donuts and Five One Seven Coffee, so I can go get it and not have to drive all the way to Mason to get it. But yeah, <clears throat> we'll figure something out. Um, <laughs> all right, Baff and Beer has a new beer called uh, Sour Diesel. It's a Berliner Weiss. It's double fruited and it's part of their Sour Splash series. And this one's brewed with raspberry, blackberry, black currant, pomegranate, plums, and sour sop. So they okay. make quite a doozy when they make their uh, their sour series for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Cadillac Straits, they have a new beer called Beyond the Barricade. It's a uh, beer to guard, so it's 
um, that style is similar to like, it's like a cousin of the Belgian Saison. So eight and a half percent there. Uh, and then they have another one called jungle juice, which is a fruit punch, hard seltzer. So hopefully that brings okay. back, uh, you yeah, have some good old memories, memories of college <laughs> or maybe not city built and Arvon. They have a, uh, a co-brew called Zion. It's a double dry hop, triple IPA. Um, and so they collabed on this, uh, it's a 10% beer with Sabro, uh, cryo citra and Eldorado hops, copper hop, uh, out in St. Clair shores. They have a new beer called what's sapping and it's a brown ale <laughs> and listen to this. It's brewed over with over 200 gallons of maple sap instead of water. Whoa. Instead of water. Wow. Yep. And so they got it all from the Simmons brothers farm. Um, you know, they shouted out Curtis and Rose who run that. Um, and it's a sixth generation family owned Michigan farm that hooked them up with all the mission uh, the, uh, the maple sap. That's so cool. So that's pretty awesome. So like, so they mashed with just the sap and no water is like, is that what yeah. it is? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Pretty wild. Yeah. Um, Dearborn Brewing has a seasonal release that just came out called Ale to the Thief Amber. Eastern Market has two new beers. First one is called FFJ Mango Pineapple Sour. And their second beer is West Coast Hemp IPA, which is dank IPA brewed with toasted hemp seeds. Whoa. So there's a couple beers in here that are uh, 420 releases that yeah, it makes sense. play on the, on the marijuana. Um, Mango Peach Marmalade is a new beer from Ferndale Project, which is a fruited sour, which is a sour rested on mango, peach, and tangerine at 4.8%. They have Yuzu Barrel Preserve Sour, which is a sour ale, 5.6%, oak fermented sour ale. And then they have a New England double IPA uh, called Among the Stars, and that's a uh, double dry hopped with Pacific Sunrise, Idaho 7, and Mosaic. Nice. Heck and we yeah. still need to get out to we still need to get out to Ferndale Project and check out some of the stuff they got going on because we had yeah. tried to get out there uh, last time we were out in that area and, and the line was too long. So yeah, that was crazy. That was like a, an hour wait. Yeah. So we got a little sidetracked, and uh, by the time they were ready for us, we were already three sheets. So. <laughs> yep. Um, <clears throat> all right, Five Shores. They have three new beers. Uh, first one's called Saldana, and it's a West Coast Sorghum IPA. Um, and so they did a collab with Kuma Brews and Siren of Stout, um, which is a Siren of Stout is a person. And uh, um, I believe she has her own podcast and Instagram page. So oh, cool. um, check out uh, check it, Siren of Stout. Um, she does a lot of cool, um, you know, podcasts and get brewers on and, and talks about a lot of cool beers coming out in, uh, in Michigan and stuff. So 8.5% uh, using African Queen, Michigan Chinook, Southern Star and Simcoe. They have Squeeze, which is a fruited goes. Did I say that right? Goza. Goza. Close. <laughs> One day I'll get it right. Yep. Um, 4.8% with sea salt, orange, tangerine, and lulo, whatever that is. Um, local legend is their last but not least. It's an American lager, uh, 5% with malt from Empire, Michigan, and hops from Grand Traverse County. Oh, sweet. Grand River Brewing has Full Force, which is a hazy IPA brewed with hemp seeds and matcha at 8%. Hoplot up in uh, northern Michigan there is a new beer called Tippy Canoe. It's Session IPA 4.4. <laughs> um, it's a Session Wheat IPA. And I w- definitely want to go check out Hoplot soon. They yeah. Trip up up to uh, the Traverse area, Sutton's Bay area, and, and check out Hoplot. Um, yeah. 
Phobos is the new beer by Jolly Pumpkin. It's a fruited saison at 5.4%, brewed with wheat, dried basil, garlic, salt, plum tomatoes, olive oil, peach, apricot, pineapple, and raspberry, and oak aged 32 months. Dang, Thanks, Jolly Pumpkin, for the months. weirdest beers I've ever <laughs> right. seen in my life. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. That's like a whole dinner in one beer. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, one well has a new beer called gotta rip this. It's a hazy IPA with multiple late editions of Caliente and galaxy hops. Reed city brewing has a new beer called sugar shack, blueberry maple Porter. That sounds awesome. Um, Rockford brewing has a, uh, dank IPA called one hitter wonder. Nice little homage to the weeds there. And Citra crucible is, uh, watermarks, Watermark Brewing's new IPA at 6.1%. It's a citra hopped IPA. Nice. Um, and that'll Classic. actually do it for, for new brews, but there's some there's some good beers on that list for sure. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, all right, Keyser Report. Let's uh why don't you kick off Keyser Report? Tell us what you got going on. All right. So uh, I think the last time we did Keyser Report, I had the stout only, and that thing is still there. Um believe it or not, Chris. I still have a beer two weeks later on tap at the house. Yeah, that's actually um, the first time ever. I know it's it's. I'm kind of impressed, and so it's a stout. It actually is turning out to be much better than it, it was like when we tried it a couple weeks ago. And I think it just needed to sit, age a little bit, kind of you know balance itself out. And the thing is tasting very good. The coffee is starting to come through a little bit more, which is really nice. And then I have the IPA is kegged tapped uh find it with gelatin and it's uh it's still pretty young i tapped it yesterday morning and things awesome it's it's a beast it's super tasty (laughs) super crushable but the the issue is it's seven percent so gotta be a little careful with it oh yeah and then uh we brewed the kolsch the kolsch is fermenting still and uh I'm super excited. Never, never done a Kolsch, but this one, this one's going to be pretty light and crisp. I'd say just because the, it was two malts, you know, it was just the, the cologne Kolsch base malt. And then, um, it was a red wheat and that was it. And then Tetnanger hops and that's it. Nothing else. (sighs) And so keeping it super simple and just crushable, but we, uh, we're doing the pale ale, uh, I guess maybe the, is this version four or five of the pale ale, I think. And, um, uh, just trying to dial it in we're getting so close with it and going to change up, um, a couple, well, I guess one of the grains, uh, had like a half pound of victory in there a little too much. So I'm going to do a quarter pound of victory and just kind of see how that works out. But, uh, going to switch from Simcoe, um, uh, in the later additions to mosaic, and just because a Simcoe was almost too Simcoe, <laughs> like it was, it was really good, but it was like, it was a little too much of, mm-hmm. of Simcoe. So i uh, going to go Mosaic, get a little bit different take on it. And Mosaic is like the, I think the daughter of Simcoe anyway. So definitely some similarities. So, but, um, and then after that, you know, big brew day, like, you know, that's as go. far out as I'm going, but uh, what do you have going on? So I have the. I swear I'm down to like the last couple pints of the, uh, the bourbon barrel aged maple stout. Okay. Um, and that should be kicked real soon, but I have that. I have, um, my first, like, you know, pure 
just myself creating the recipe. <clears throat> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a American pale ale called Tumbleweed Heart, and so it's like a Texas homage, and <laughs> it's it's all Amarillo hops. Um, so Amarillo hops throughout the whole boil process, and then dry hopped with Amarillo, and I added agave nectar into it as well. So um, it actually turned. You had some of this last weekend. Yeah, and it actually came out really well. I was really yeah, impressed yeah, with it. That was super tasty. Have you had it recently? Yeah, I had some last night. I couldn't wait to get home to try some. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. You know, in like a week or two, if that's going to change at all. Oh, but, it will. Yeah, yeah. But that I was, feel like uh, it just gets better. Awesome. And then it, towards the end of the keg, you're just you want more and more. You don't want it to end. <laughs> yeah, and it's gone. Um, so I still have my German Pilsner on there, and then I have the uh, the Yingling. Okay. Well. Yeah. Um, and then I just brewed my rye IPA. Um, yeah. How'd that go? Last, uh, this last weekend. It was great. Um, what did I forget? I forgot honey. And so I added it right into the fermenter. Okay. Once oh, I got nice. it in there. So I'm using my new SS Brewtech brew bucket. Oh, is this um, the first one? The, first, yeah. Uh, first so I got run? the Brewmasters edition. And so it has a, uh, really nice like temperature gauge right on the front of it. And I thought it was wrong because I had gotten the temp down to about like 80 degrees and I threw it in there and was just going to let it drop, you know, naturally, which doesn't take very long because my basement's usually about like 64 degrees. So okay, within like two hours, it usually is down to that like ambient temp. Well, this is still at 68.9. So this... (laughs) fermenter is so well like insulated that it's not reacting very quickly to the ambient temperature in the in the basement so dang um, so i pitched the yeast anyways i just said screw it let's try it um yeah the, the honey's in there i did about a half pound of honey um because i didn't want to overpower it and yeah within like three hours the thing was fermenting like crazy so um, <laughs> nice so i'm pretty excited about that that should be good um, I have my Irish red still, still kind of lagering in the, in the fridge right now. Um, <laughs> nice. I need to get after that soon, but I have two new recipes that I've created. Um, okay. And I actually have a really cool new little recipe form that I'll forward to you. So you yeah. can use that. Um, and That'd this first one is a stout. It's called Sonny's stout. Sonny's stout. All right. Sonny's stout. And how I got the name is because Sonny is actually the name of the bird on Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, so I know where this is going. <laughs> we're using the stout base, you know, Maris Otter, Pale Chocolate, Carafa 3, and Fogel okay. Hops. But I'm adding an entire box of Cocoa Puffs at Mash. Yes. And then I'm going to add an entire box of Cocoa Puffs at dry hop stage <laughs> dude that's gonna be wild that's so, awesome we'll see how this goes i'm gonna use yeah. the same same yeast you know the white yeast uh whip bread, bread or white bread yeah. yeah um and then to go even crazier you know how i wanted to name a beer shroot bucks because i thought it was <laughs> yeah. an awesome name so i found <laughs> yeah. out what i'm gonna do and it's gonna be a beet beer Oh, dude, perfect. That's great. So I'm using 
there was the only way I was going to name a beer fruit box is if it had beets in it. Oh yeah, um, of course. And so I'm using nine pounds of two row, uh, half pound of caramel 40, half pound of aromatic and a quarter pound of honey malt. Okay. I'm using Fogel hops and Willamette, um, oh, classic Fogel at 60 and Willamette at 15. And nice. then I'm roasting a pound of beets for about an hour at 400 degrees and putting it in the mash. Oh yeah. And then there you go. I'm dry hopping with boiled beets. Like it's only like a quarter pound, half pound of, uh, you know, you clean them, you cut them, you all sterile whatever, and whatnot. skin them. Yeah. Yeah. All this stuff. And I'm adding it right to the fermenter. Dude, that's going to be wild with some of the beet juice. So it's going to be kind of like a, it's going to be like a Saison. So it's okay. going to be, have a nice like little, earthy almost tone. like a earthy, like peppery. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and it's weird because, like, growing up as a kid, like, I, I hated beets. Yeah. Like, I was like, these are the most disgusting things. I don't even think I tried one. I just thought, ooh, gross. They're slimy. Yeah. Yeah. And I tried one me. probably a couple years ago. And, like, I don't get salads without them now because they're so good. And that's the first <laughs> thing I eat. And nice. I'm obsessed with them. Like, the Safies brand uh, beets yeah. I get at Costco, I buy them, like, three or four at a time. Dang. And just go nuts. And then we get these love beets. Uh and I get those too. So I put beets on everything. So I love the taste of beets. So I'm hopefully, um, this will come out like a nice dark, like burgundy, you know, yeah. color. That was the first thing and, I thought of. Uh, like this, the color of that thing is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty excited about shrewd bucks. So yeah. we'll see how that, we'll see how that turns out. Yeah. Um, and then just more variations of tumbleweed heart. So I'm going to do a spicy one with, uh, either jalapenos or habaneros. Okay. Oh, and, that'd be uh, awesome. Prickly pear fruit. So that'll be awesome. Nice. So would this replace the agave? Or is that a uh, staple in it now? I think that's got to be a staple in it. I think that needs okay. to go in it every time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's it for the Keyser Report. Um, I want to do a quick food truck focus. Uh, I was looking at Copper Hot Brewing, and they had a new food truck for the first time Uh at their brewery and it's called batter up waffle company and <laughs> nice. i don't know about you but i saw that and i was instantly like how long would it take me to get to the copper op from where i'm at right now to Dude, get yeah, some let's of this go. action um and they'll be there this saturday so this is airing on friday so if you're fortunate enough to listen to this on air day um it'll be there friday uh saturday the 24th at copper hop um and it's a waffle truck and it serves everything from dessert waffles to crispy fried chicken and waffles and sandwiches like the chicken cali, uh, which is a waffle, fried chicken, guacamole, lettuce, and tomatoes. Oh my and they God. have like they just have the coolest looking stuff and who doesn't like waffles? Right? Yeah. Make a waffle sandwich, dude. nothing beats that. Yeah. It's insane. Let me see if I can find all right, here's some of their menu items. Here's the sweet tooth. So they have the pruffle which has pretzels in it. So it's a waffle, caramel, <laughs> chocolate sauce, pretzels, and sea salt. They have Jeez. Oreo Madness, which is obviously a waffle, crushed Oreos, marshmallow cream, and chocolate sauce. They have a strawberry cheesecake one with cheesecake filling and strawberry toppings. Um, what else? They have uh, the Nashville, which is a waffle sandwich with fried chicken, coleslaw, jalapenos, and Nashville spicy sauce on it. Oh, yeah. So it just sounds just sounds insanely good. Uh, yeah, no doubt. And I'm definitely a waffle versus pancake guy. Oh, I like pancakes, but I love 
I like waffles. Yeah, I unless mean, I'm I, at unless I'm at classic. Unless I'm at Waffle House, which sounds oh no, because that is yeah, that is a waffle. All right, yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, waffles it is in the name. all day. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because I'm I'm more of a pancake guy. If I if I had like French toast, pancakes, and waffles like laying out in front of me, I'd always go for pancake first, and then I'd go for waffles and then French toast. But I eat French toast almost every single day because <laughs> it's so much easier. See, I, if we were at IHOP and Waffle House was across the highway, I'd run across the highway to get to Waffle oh, House. Oh, without without a doubt. I would literally <laughs> run across the highway. Yeah, right. Like, dodging cars just to get yeah. Waffle House. No, 100%. Yep. Too good. We need Waffle House in Michigan. Dude, we totally do. I miss it. Bummer. Um, <laughs> all right, so our last section here is uh, a beer glass section. So I'm going to let you take this one. Yeah, so uh, this one's going to be kind of tough just because we are on a podcast with only audio and no video, and some of these uh, we're going to have to just kind of explain. But there, I only want to hit on a couple different styles of glasses, and I wanted to bring this to everyone's attention. I'm sure most of you already know this, but in case you don't, the shaker pint glasses are just a big no-no for beer. I know everyone everyone loves them. Because they're classic, they and those, cool those are just the prototypical straight wall, straight wall pint glass yeah. that you get. Hey, I want a pint of beer. You're getting it in that. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, well. I guess let me preface this by saying the beer, like the beer glass, isn't going to make or break the beer. Like you know, if you have one of those pint glasses and you pour beer into it, it's not going to be like the beer tastes like sewer water or anything like that. But it just it will help enhance it a lot more and it is it is very noticeable um and then like the a big issue that i see is that people will freeze their glasses and we used to do it a lot you know just nice frosted mug nice you know frosted pint glass well the issue with that is when the beer touches that frozen side it will it's such a shock to the beer that it will get super foamy and kick out a bunch of the CO2, kick it out of solution. And so your beer is going to be more flat a lot faster. And, Mm. and with that frozen glass, it makes the beer too cold where you start getting the harsh aspects, like the harsh bitterness aspects of the beer that wouldn't naturally come when it's 37 degrees, 38 degrees, 40 degrees, whatever. And so what about like places like twin peaks that serves beer at 30, 32.5 32.5 degrees or whatever. Like it's almost like a slush beer half the time. Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess, I guess the thing, you know, why, why places like that do that is because, you know, you get a big beer and you're not just going to slam the whole thing right there. They want it to stay cold for a while. So by the time you're halfway through it, that thing is like 40 something degrees, you know, so it's already mm-hmm. warmed up, but you know, and beers can be at different temperatures, but, you know, that's the whole different topic that we'll get into later. Um, <laughs> but that's a big thing. Like don't freeze your glasses cause you're going to decrease your beer drinking experience. If like, and th- this, I keep wanting to go back to this, but like, you know, it, it's still beer. Like if you're just drinking beer to drink beer and you're going to have a Bud Light, it frosts the glass, who really cares? You know? And, uh, if you like doing that and the most important part is if frosted glass keeps you drinking beer, then sure you're drinking beer. Like who, you know, it, this is all just trying to teach you a little bit more about, you know, the, the finer points of craft beer. Uh, so, um, and, uh, things to think about when picking a glass is 
like lower ABV crushable beers, they need a bigger glass that usually has like a, a bigger opening on the top and, uh, and not huge, you know, I'm not talking shaker pint glass, but, um, and that, what that'll do is that will one, like these beers are, you know, four or 5%, whatever that go into these glasses and you can drink a lot more of it. So you don't have to keep going back. You don't have to keep ordering more, whatever. And, um, that's generally what you'll see for that. And then the higher ABV beers need the smaller glasses, like the eight to 10 ounce glasses. And they usually have a tighter opening at the top. And so what that will do is that'll kind of trap some of those aromatics in there. So it'll maintain like that, the aroma and like the freshness of it. And they're okay. smaller glasses because, you know, the, I think they call it like the safety pour, which is the bigger beers go into smaller <laughs> glasses. So you don't just get hammered off of like a pint <laughs> of, you know, 12% or 17.2% mm. like some people like to do. <laughs> and, uh, and so those are the key, mo- you know, key points for, you know, that, but yeah, I want to go back to the shaker pint. Cause I know people love that. And it's the issue with that is it's like the same glass is used throughout bars and restaurants to serve water, pop, iced tea, milk, like all of that, you know, it's the same glass and yeah, it's glass. It's not, it's not the contents in it is going to hinder it, but it's like that, that is just like your typical whatever glass that no one really cares about. And for me, I feel like a premium craft beer deserves a little bit more respect than like a milk glass, you know? And along with that, the beer in that, because it's such a huge opening at the top, and it's smaller on the bottom, the beer will get warmer faster because it's more surface area contact with the outside world, and it will go flat a lot faster. Hmm. So, uh, and I challenge anyone to do this. Get a pint glass, like a shaker pint glass, and then get, you know, uh, another, like, good, you know, beer glass that will, I'll, I'll go over some of the glasses and stuff, but get, like, an appropriate beer glass. Drink the same beer out of each one, and you will immediately know the difference you could be blindfolded you could do a triangle test and you'll be able to pick it out every time it is that noticeable <clears throat> and this is coming from a guy who can't even smell and i can tell the difference <laughs> so <laughs> it really makes a big difference um and so the shaker pint glasses um if you want a little history of why they're so popular they're originally called the boston cocktail shaker and so they're literally just to make like mixed drinks with you know you see make a mixed drink and you put them together and you shake them up yeah and that's all it was it was never meant to drink out of and uh pre-prohibition when we used to have we had like almost four thousand breweries in the country pre-prohibition which was crazy to think about and uh when prohibition happened they went through obviously got rid of all of them all the good beer died in america and they went through and they found all the fancy beer glasses. Like they would raid people's houses. And if they saw like the fancy beer glasses, they would destroy them all. And so rumor has it, um, you know, just, I guess, take this as you will. This is what I read that the reason why the cocktail shaker lasted is one, because you don't drink out of it. And two, you can stack them like crazy and shove them in the corner of like your closet or something where no one would find it. And the other ones you can't really mm. stack, you know? And so that's why they survived. And then post prohibition, the you know the ban was lifted and people started making beers but at that point the beers were awful in america like there were just a bunch of really bad beers because all of the you know the breweries whatever shut down and so nobody knew 
any better. And they would just, this all the, those are the only glasses they had left. And so they just would put their beer in that. And then it just kind of became like this American thing. Like, hmm. you know, that's what we had. And so, so don't use the shaker pints <laughs> for <laughs> drinking your beer. Um, but I guess going on to other like options, there are so many options. I'm just going to hit a couple that I, I personally really enjoy. And, you know, I, I see at some, some nicer breweries and stuff like that. Um, one is a classic one, like the Nonic pint. And that, that's like the Sam Adams style. That's like the pint glass that has like the little like bulb at the end, you know, <clears throat> yep, like a, towards the top. And, uh, and that one is good because that, that little thing right there will hold some of the aromatics in. And so you'll get a little bit more, I guess, uh, aromatic hit when you go to drink it. Uh, and uh, one thing to say with all these that I'm about to hit, these are legit glasses. And so if you have a pint glass, like a real, you know, glass, 16 ounce glass, it is not to fill up 16 ounces. That is for the beer and the head to fit into a 16 ounce glass. You're not going to be getting 16 ounces of beer. So that's the approach. So if you're, if you're getting a beer and you're like, I paid for a pint. Well, you, you did, you just, you, that's how it works. You want that head up there, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, and then the next one is probably the closest to the shaker pint, but it is much better. And it is actually one of my favorite glasses called the Villa Becker. And, uh, if you look at, it's called Willie Beecher is kind of what it looks like. And, you know, if you're American reading it and it's the Villa Becker and that is, um, Chris, you know, like the, um, uh, the glasses, the high wing glasses that I made Yeah, though, that's a Villa Becker. Okay. And so, so what it is, instead of the straight walled shaker pint, it, it goes up and about two thirds of the way up, it starts to straight there's, it starts to straighten out. There you go. And, um, and so it, it kind of creates a little tighter, like circle at the top hole at the top and that will help kind of trap more of those aromatics in and so that's one and it's great because you know you can still stack those and and even the nonic pints are classic stacking ones you know but uh the next one is the classic pilsner you know they're thinner they're tight at the bottom they kind of go up and kind of like the the villa becker where it hits the like two-thirds of the way up and then this one actually starts going in it doesn't like really straighten out it starts you know curving back in and but it is like a really tight bottom and these are actually a little bit smaller they hold a little bit smaller amount than the other ones and uh the reason being is you you want the glass to be tight you know like um, the diameter the inner diameter of the glass to be smaller that way you can look through and see how clear the beer is you know the 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 thicker the glass you know the beer it doesn't look as clear just because there's so much substance in it and so it's the thinner you can you can see through it and it's just you know appearance is a huge part of drinking beer too and but with this there are smaller amounts is because you always want these beers to be cold and so with a smaller amount of beer in your glass you're going to drink it faster and that way you know you just go back for fresh refills and then um then you have like your classic tulip style like little bulbous thing um uh, at the bottom and it's you know it's a stemmed glass and those are like for bigger beers like double ipas and belgians and stuff like that once again it's big at the bottom and then it closes up towards the top to hold in the aromatics and all that stuff um and you'll you'll notice a boost in uh like maltiness and hoppiness and all that stuff through these as well and then after that the classic snifter which i feel like we've all had that's the 
the much smaller, like 10 ounce kind of tulip style where it's big, like bulbous thing at the bottom has a stem. You put like the big hefty giant beers in there. And, uh, and that way it will, one, you're drinking a lot less beer, but also, um, you know, it'll, it'll keep the beer colder and it will keep, will help maintain its temperature and those really strong aromatics, you know, like Imperial, Imperial stouts and Imperial IPAs and those monster beers, you know, that's where you want that. And then the last one is my favorite. And it's the one I probably drink out of the most is, and I'm going to probably butcher this name, but Monique glass. And that is kind of a tulip style, but it's, it's bigger. It has the stem and it, it's like a, the kind of like bulb on the bottom, but it, it kind of rounds up and it, it keeps going up and it almost like flares back out at the top. And, and that one is classic. That is your classic all around. You can just put pretty much any beer in there that you want and it's going to amplify the experience. And, uh, and that one is, I was actually drinking out of one of those last night, <laughs> but that's it. I just wanted to hit on some, some classic, you know, beer glassware, you know, we're drinking all these great beers around Michigan and yeah, we can do just, a, uh, we can do a post on our website too, and just show the different yeah, styles yeah, so there can be pictures to what you were talking about. So we can do a little companion post on, on that yeah, as well. Did it, you, you see know, the, uh, do you see the, the, orb, oh, the juicy the juice orb? Yeah, juice orb, dude. Yeah, oh, like, that's that looks crazy. so sweet, and that's exactly it. You see, just it's so it's such a huge like ball, and it gets super tight, and so you're maintaining all of those great hop aromas and that juiciness and that maltiness, mm-hmm. and you get it on every sip. And yeah, that's cool, dude. I need a couple of those. <laughs> <laughs> sweet. Well, it. I think that'll wrap it up for for episode thirteen. Um, you know, we're still working on some upcoming. Uh, upcoming cool content and you know we're hoping we can get some festivals going here in michigan and and maybe get out and and meet some of you guys and get some face-to-face time and actually talk to some real people here (laughs) yeah that'd be awesome and go from there so thanks for listening and we'll talk to everyone next week cheers thanks for listening to the michigan beer pursuit podcast don't forget to check us out on Instagram at MIBeerPursuit and on our website at MichiganBeerPursuit.com. If you have any feedback or any questions, make sure to hit us up at Chris at MichiganBeerPursuit.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and as always, drink local and enjoy. Cheers. Cheers.